All right, we're going to get into the perfect fit, part four. Let's take a moment. Let's still our hearts. Let's get our hearts prepared to receive the word of God. Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord, to, to preach your word, um, to communicate the truth, the eternal truth of your word that you've delivered to us. We put our trust in you. We put our hope in you. Uh, we put our faith in the, in the teachings that you have conveyed to us through your scripture. Uh, we embrace it as the word of God, and we accept it into our lives. And I, I just pray, Lord God, that like, uh, like good soil, our hearts would be open to receive the seed of your word and that it would, um, it would, it would burrow deep into our heart and it would take root and then out of our life would grow uh, the produce of the spirit and we would live lives that are um, beautiful and purposeful and, and uh, reflect you and bring honor and praise to you. We pray this in Jesus name and everybody said amen. 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 Um, I'm going to start with a scripture, 1 Peter 4, uh, 10 and 11, and then we're going to dive in. We're going to break it up, but uh, we're, we're in the series called The Perfect Fit. We're exploring how to live out the uh, the divine purpose that God has for you. Here's what 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 says. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anybody speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anybody serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things... God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Today I want to preach for the next few moments on the subject, the power and the glory of waiting tables. The power and the glory of waiting tables. Uh, I lived uh, in Los Angeles for many years when I was in my 20s after I graduated from college. And the thing about Los Angeles is everybody in L.A. wants to be a star. And I'm talking about everybody in L.A. Your doctor wants to be a movie star. You go to the dentist, what he really wants to be is a movie star. You, 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 you go to the guy that's, you know, selling hot dogs on the corner. He actually wants to be a rap star. Like everybody wants to be a star in L.A. In fact, I literally had this happen to me. I was working uh, when I first got out there for... Um, uh, Paramount Pictures. I was a production assistant, and, and that meant that I had, you know, would deliver scripts and do different uh, jobs like that around town. And um, one day I was delivering a script to a director, and I got pulled over because I was barely exceeding the speed limit, barely. And um, the police officer pulled me over, and, and I said, hey, I'm sorry, I was just trying to, you know, get this script over to this director, and it's kind of a rush, and I apologize, I'm just running a little bit late. He was like, okay, okay, all right. Hold on just a second. So he goes back to his car, and I thought he was writing me a ticket. So he comes back. I didn't get a ticket. I didn't even get a warning. He hands me an 8 by 10 glossy black and white headshot photo with his acting resume on the back. I'm not kidding you. And he says, hey, man, you know, like, um, if, if, just, if you think of it, just pass that along to your bosses. All right? You, you have a good day. So everybody wants to be a star in L.A., okay? Uh, now... The funny thing is that, that it, the, the desire uh, is, not just, is not just limited to that little subset of people. We have all experienced in our life the desire to reach beyond what we are, to look at somebody else's life and to go, oh, I want that. To get some fame and fortune, to get some power and glory, 
all of us in our life have, have desired that at some point. We've longed for something beyond ourselves, hoping and praying that whatever that illusory dream is, that golden ring that we want to get will bring fulfillment and hope and, and strength in our life. We, we think that it's going to make us happy. We think that it's going to bring us peace. In fact, one, one pastor put it like this. He said, we are all seeking to live in the land of Ur. The land of Ur. What is the land of Ur? The land of Ur is where you are richer, smarter, prettier, handsomer, funnier, taller, skinnier, famouser, powerfuller, right? The land of Ur is that, is that land that exists in our imagination where we are somebody better than who we are. And the Apostle Paul is showing us in this scripture, that's an empty pursuit, but I will give you a pursuit that will bring fulfillment. I will take you out of the passion for promotion and take you into the purpose that God has for you. Because if you are actually serving God with the gifts that he gave you to bring honor and glory to him, there is literally no greater fulfillment on the planet than doing that. No greater fulfillment. In other words, when we are pursuing that er, we will always remain insatiable. We will always remain hungry for more. We will always remain thirsty for more. But the, but the apostle Peter in this passage is saying, I want to actually show you how to live a life of real fulfillment and of real meaning and of real purpose. How do we do it? He says this in the very first scripture. He says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received. There are like three sermons in that sentence. If I were going to preach all the sermons in that sentence, the first sermon that I would preach would be a sermon called Gifted Child. Somebody say, I am gifted. Peter says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received. Each of you. That means you and I are gifted. God gives us gifts. You may have financial gifts. You may have business gifts. You may have interpersonal skills. You may have uh, the gift of hospitality. You may have the gift of spreadsheets. You may have the gift uh, of, of hosting. You may have the gift of greeting. All of us have gifts that God has given to us, every single one of us. A lot of times we undervalue and, and de-emphasize our gifts because we, don't, we compare them with somebody else and we don't think we're as gifted as somebody else. And so we undermine the gift that God has given us. But in this passage, Peter is saying, no, each of you is gifted. Somebody say, I'm gifted. Tell the person next to you, you are gifted. You're gifted. Tell the less gifted person on the other side, you also are gifted. Just tell them, you're gifted, okay? If I was going to preach a, a second sermon out of this, I would preach a, a, a sermon called Generous Father. Because as we see in that scripture, he's saying the gift has been given to you. You uh, didn't create the gift. You just were given the gift, right? All of us have gifts and all of us have a father who gives us the gifts. But here's what I want to focus on in that scripture. I want to focus on the word that he uses when he says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received. All right, we're gonna geek out for just a minute. I'm gonna teach you some stuff, all right? We're gonna geek out, we're gonna Greek out, okay? Here we go. Here's what Peter, here's the word Peter uses. The word for receive in the scripture is lambano, lambano. That means actively lay hold of, 
Take aggressively, accept with initiative. In other words, receiving a gift is not a passive act. Let me say it again. Receiving a gift is not a passive act. You have to take the gift that he is giving you. If you're taking notes, write this down. He'll give it if you'll grab it. He will give it if you will grab it. Anybody watch the, the, the uh, Olympics this year? Olympics, the four by 100 relay uh, was fascinating. Um, and what happened a few times is that our four by 100 meter men's sprint team, who's the best really in the, in the world, they had, they had a problem passing the baton. I don't know if you, if you saw that. There were some baton drops. I think there's a picture right here. There, 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 was, there, was this, there was this challenge, and all runners face this, the challenge of getting the baton from the giver to the receiver. And the challenge is you're running at a very high rate of speed. You're moving at a very, very fast clip, and the giver has to, give the, have to, has to release the baton at exactly the right moment, and the receiver has to receive the baton at exactly the right moment. And when I say receive it, he has to grab it. Yeah, and if something goes wrong in that exchange, the baton falls to the ground and the, and, the, and the baton is not transferred. God is saying in this passage, Peter is saying, he's saying, look, God's giving you a gift. He's handing it off to you. He's releasing it to you. But it is up to you to say, I'm gonna take this gift. I'm gonna say, God, this is a gift from you and I'm gonna incorporate it into my life and I'm gonna affirm it in my life and I'm gonna live it out. I'm not gonna undermine it. I'm not gonna value it. I'm not gonna look at something else. I'm not gonna look at somebody else's gift and think I wish I had that. I'm not gonna reach for some illusory dream that is beyond me. I have a gift that you have given me right now and I'm gonna embrace it and I'm gonna receive it. Do you know, I read this this week. There is about $1 billion, $1 billion, of unclaimed property in the Missouri treasurer's office. $1 billion of money, property, personal property and, and maybe real property, in the treasurer's office in Missouri that is unclaimed. That means one in 10 Missourians, this is, this is the statistic I read this week, one in 10 Missourians has unclaimed money in the Missouri treasurer's office right now. One in 10. That means a lot of people in this room statistically speaking, probably have some unclaimed property at the Missouri treasurer's office. I'm just gonna encourage you to go get that money. We got a generosity initiative we're gonna be launching in a couple weeks, all right? Um, no, what, what, what I'm saying is there, there is there is property there, but somebody needs to go grab it. Somebody needs to get it. Uh, there, there are warehouses full of Amazon boxes that were never brought into the house. They were delivered, but they were not received right? God is saying to somebody, look, I've gifted you. I need you to just affirm and embrace the gift that I've given to you. Somebody needs to go, look, I am going to accept the fact that I'm gifted, right? Your gift may not look like somebody else's gift, but it's a gift. And, and as we learned last week, when your gift interconnects with somebody else's gift, now we get something done, right? Your gift isn't for you. It's for the service of somebody else, right? This is what the apostle Peter says. Okay, so I got this gift. What do I do with it? He says this, each of you should use whatever gift you have received for what? To serve others. That's what he's saying. You are gifted, but your gift is not designed for the benefit of you. Your gift is designed for the benefit of somebody else. You are gifted to serve others. 
I'm going to go Greek on you one more time, okay? Just one more time. Twice in a sermon. That's the, that's the max, all right? The word he uses here, serve, is diakoneo. Diakoneo. And what that means is particularly of a servant who waits on guests, waiting tables, literally, this is what it literally means, kicking up dust because you're on the move. That's what it means to serve others. Now, let me just explain what some Christians, not at this church, other places, some Christians get in a mindset, and all of us can fall prey to this. All of us can fall prey to this. We think that our, our position is right here. We think our position is to, is to be served. Serve me up some worship. <laughs> serve me up some ministries over here. Can somebody serve me up some, some, some politics over here at my table? Right? A lot of times Christians get in the mindset that we are here to be served. Now, the reality is the church is designed to serve the community. That's what we're here for. But guess what? We're the church. Somebody say, we're the church. So our role as church is not to be at the table eating. It's to be standing by serving other people. It is to actually be serving in a way that benefits them. Come on. That's all right. To, to benefit the people around us. I had a great conversation with the, with the um, city manager and the city mayor when we first launched One Family Church. The best conversation I've ever had. It was like one of those pastor moments where you go, nailed it. Now, there aren't that many. There's the onesie. That was, a, that was an awesome. And then there was this one. So I've had two, okay? 10 years. This one, the, the city manager and the mayor, when we launched the church, they, they came and they said, okay, uh, you know, we're, we're here uh, to, ser- to serve the community. And so what do, your, what do y'all need? What does your church need? What do you parishioners need? What do your parishioners need? And I said, I'll tell you what we need. We need one thing. We need to know what you need because we're not here to be served by you. We're here to serve you. We're here to serve this community. We're here to serve the people that live in this city. And they were both just back on their heels like, okay. Uh, and, and that's the reality about what the church is. We are here to serve. And when we, when we actually humble ourselves to serve somebody else with the gifts that God has given us, that's when we are fulfilling our purpose in life. That's when we are hitting our stride. That's when we are kicking up dust because we're on the move doing what God designed us to do. That's when we're living out our purpose. That's when we're living out our fulfillment in life. Let me write, let me give you a point here that you can write down. It says this, humility precedes advancement. Pride precedes demotion. Humility, because the reason is because that's what you're designed to do. God says, I've designed you to serve. I've built you to serve. I've gifted you to serve, right? So the, the analogy of the hand, the hand is not designed to serve the hand. Are you with me? The hand is designed to serve the rest of the body. I've got an itch on my elbow. This hand is designed to go over here and scratch that itch. The, this hand is designed to go pick up some food and, and serve. The hand is not designed to serve the hand. The hand is designed to serve the body, right? We are designed to serve one another, to serve strangers, to serve outsiders, to serve the community outside of us. And when we do that with humility, then we fulfill our purpose in life. And now we're like a duck in water. We're doing what God designed us to do. I'm gonna set some 20 and 30 year olds free right now because you're actually dreaming of a different purpose, something big out there. And God's saying, no, I got something for you right here, right now with the gifts that I've given you. Use those to serve somebody else right now to the glory of God. 
Here, here's, where I, here's where this hit home for me. As I, as I mentioned, uh, when, I, when I lived in um, Los Angeles, I worked for a production company. I was a production assistant. Now, if you backtrack a few years before that, I had gotten a very prestigious scholarship, okay? I don't know how, but it happened somehow. And it was a Rhodes Scholarship, and I was studying at the University of Oxford, and I was learning, uh, you know, I was, I, was, I was among people that were very, very bright. And after that, after that time in England, I went and, and, and worked in L.A., and my first job was as a production assistant. And a production assistant, what you do is you go get coffee for the boss, and then you go deliver some scripts for the boss. And then if the boss says, and my, my boss did, and, and he was entitled to, he'd be like, hey, man, would you mind to run, uh, get my car washed? So my job was to go wash his cars. And at a certain point, I thought to myself, what? man, I'm a road scholar. I'm not going to wash your car. What are you talking about, right? Because I didn't value the, I didn't value the, the service. I didn't value that. I, I was projecting some other image of myself. And so I quit that job, and uh, I took a job doing some freelance stuff. Well, the freelance stuff worked okay for a while, but then at one point, I ran out of money, started to run out of money, and I thought, man, I got to get some money to pay the rent. And so there was a little diner down the street. I lived in an area called Glendale, and down on, in Glendale, there's a street called Brand Avenue, and on Brand Avenue, there's a diner, a greasy spoon diner called Eat Well Diner, okay? So I said, well, I know I could go get a job at the Eat Well Diner and at least pull in a little bit of money to pay the rent for this month, and then I'll quit, and then I'll be a movie star, okay? So that was the plan, right? So... So, so I go down to Eat Well Diner and I got myself a job. And, and I got to tell you, if I thought like delivering scripts was humiliating, um, I'm, I'm at Eat Well Diner and people are, are saying like, hey man, these hash browns aren't crispy enough. I want you to send those back, right? I need more coffee over it. Why is this bacon undercooked? Okay, so now I'm running around serving people, but my problem is, is not that I'm doing, it's not the job, it's my attitude about the job right? Somewhere in my mind, I had gotten the picture that, man, I should be, I should be here, man. Why am I not here? I'm not supposed to be out here kicking up dust and serving bacon and hash browns to people. That's not my, right? So I had that in my mind and I became very frustrated because I wasn't, because I, because I was doing something that I felt was below me. Okay. You, you remember the, 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 the point of this, right? Humility leads to advancement. Pride leads to demotion. I was full of pride, people. And God was saying, you know what God did with me? And I wasn't even a believer at that time. God basically said, I'm going to have to show you. I, I can't graduate you to the next level until you learn to appreciate the level that you're at. I cannot grow you into the next thing until you actually appreciate the value of the thing that I've got you doing right now. I want you to serve somebody. I want you to serve them. And I want you to serve them with gratitude for the opportunity to serve them. And you know where I learned it? I learned it because there was a guy when in, in, in a restaurant, there's the chef, then there's the cook, then there's the waiter, then there's the host, then there's the busboy, then there's the dishwasher. That's the, that's the pecking order of the restaurant, okay? I was the waiter. There was a busboy named Enrique that I worked with, and Enrique was kicking up dust. Enrique was running around bussing tables and working and, and trucking and seemed to be perfectly happy, seemed to be perfectly content. And what I learned over time, because my, my job didn't end in a month. It was like a month led to two months. And I was there like a year going, man, Lord, um, get me out of here. But what I learned from Enrique 
is that he was actually, he was working there to send money back to his family in Mexico. So he was actually serving other people to serve other people. Everything that he was doing was designed to serve somebody other than him. And I learned in that very frustrating period that God wants me to understand the value of the hash browns and the value of the clean table and the value of the bacon cooked the correct way and the value of pouring somebody's coffee so that I could advance you to, to the next position. A lot of times, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm going to the 20s and 30s year olds right now because right now, right now you're converting Word documents to PDFs for your boss who makes a lot more money than you, right? And you're going, oh, I could be doing so much more. Man, that hit home for somebody. <laughs> Woo, that was a good one. Uh, what I want to say to you is do this right now with all your heart. Serve somebody else to the glory of God. That's how you get graduated. That's how you get to move up, right? Humility leads to advancement. I'll tell you, every great leader, every great leader knows the value of the minutia. Every great leader knows the value of, the, of, of, of how clean the windows are. Every great leader knows the value of, of, of the cigarette butts being. This is what I loved about Tom. Tom's here visiting. Tom is, is, flies F-15s. Tom is a colonel in the Air Force. Tom has a high-ranking job. Every Sunday, Tom and his team are picking up cigarette butts in front of the Tivoli, happily doing it, right? Because they understood something beautiful, right? That to serve somebody else with our gifts to the glory of God is the greatest fulfillment that you can ever do in life. All right, I'm going to leave this point alone. Do you get that though? Humility leads to advancement. Pride leads to demotion. God is calling us to serve right here, right now, where we are. Amen. You might say, well, I've been serving and I'm burnt out. Here's what Peter says. If anybody serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So if you're burnt out, it's because you're serving with your strength. Let that sink in for a moment. If you're burnt out, it's because you're serving with your strength. You're not relying on God's strength. You're trying to get things done on your own strength and on your own ability. I know because I do this all the time. This is my weakness. My weakness is that I think I'm strong. That's my weakness. And so when I think I'm strong, then I'm going to try to do everything on my strength. And when I try to do everything on my strength, I fall flat on my face. And then I have to go, God, I'm weak. And God says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Thank you for admitting your weakness. Now I can work on you. Now I can get the job done, right? So, so, so use the strength, rely on the strength that, uh, that God has given you. Here's if you want to, in a bullet point, here it is. Stop serving solo. Stop trying to do it on your own. You're going to get burnt out. You're going to get fried. You're going to be mad. You're going to be cynical. You're going to be frustrated. And you're not going to get the job done. You're not going to get it done right because you're trying to do it on your own. Is this helping anybody today? Maybe I'm just preaching to myself today. Um, we had to move some stuff this week. The staff, we were at the Tivoli. We had some big stuff to move. We had a big like freezer thing to move and we we're going to move it downstairs. And it was a bunch of us here. It was Pastor Mark and Ernest and Pastor Tyler and me and Carol and Hallie and a bunch of us were all here. There's this big thing. And I'm like, we got to move it downstairs. And it's heavy. It's a freezer. And we're like, you know, we're not professional movers. How do we do this? So we're, 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 we're trying to figure out how to do this. And everybody's about to throw their back out. And it was going to get really bad. And, and then I had my third great pastoral idea. 
in 10 years, my third great pastoral. I said, man, you know what we need? We need one of these things. <laughs> so we ran and grabbed one of those things. And you know, that freezer moves a lot easier when you use one of these things. It moves a lot easier, right? Why? Because we're not relying on our own strength. God's saying, look, I, I've, I'm, I'm equipping you with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to have. The, the Holy Spirit, the word is dunamis. It means power, right? It means explosive power. It means power to overcome resistance. That's the kind of power that God wants to give you. So don't rely upon your own strength, right? If you want to fulfill your purpose in life, use the gifts that God has given you to serve somebody else with the strength that God provides. Say, God, I'm going to be open to receiving your strength to live this thing out, to fulfill your purpose on the planet. I'm not going to rely on my own strength. Now, here's where it all comes to a crescendo. Here's the, 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 the most important part about this whole thing, all right? How to live out your purpose. Last week, I brought a lamp up here, uh, and we, we had all the different parts of the lamp, and I was showing you how the body of Christ, all the parts have to be connected, and all the parts have to work together, and you get it all connected, and you put the bulb in, bang, the light comes on, right? Now, that's the church. That's us. We're, we're here to spread light. We're here to shine light into darkness. We're here to help guide the way. That's, that's the role of the church, right? But what we don't want is for people to look at the light. What we really want is for people to look at the power that powers the light. We are the light of the world, but where do we get the power to be the light? That power comes through that cord, which is plugged into the electricity. That's the power. God is saying, look, I, I ultimately want you to fulfill your purpose, but not so that people will look at you and go, man, that guy is amazing. Man, that woman is incredible, right? That's not the, you're not... You're not, a light bulb is not designed to, to look at the light. The light bulb is designed to illuminate the room. And Jesus said, when you let your light shine before others, when they see your good works, then they will glorify your Father who is in heaven. In other words, are you tracking with that image? We're not, we're not here to be bright so that people look at our brightness. We're here to be bright so that people go, what's the power that makes them so bright? Why are they burning brightly, not burning out? Because they have a power, they have a source of power, the God, that must be the God that they serve. And I wanna honor and worship that, that God. L look at this, it says this, verse uh, 10, 11, so that in all things, right, use the gifts God has received, uh, that you've received to serve others with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory, and the power forever, amen. Last point is this, I'm gonna close with this. Your goal is his glory. Your goal is his glory. And you can help me close. Your goal is his glory. And let, let, me just put the, let me just talk about motive. This is the last part. If your goal is to fulfill the purpose that God has given you for the glory of you, then you have missed out you will miss out on the goal entirely and completely. You will not find fulfillment in that because you will find yourself back in the land of Ur. You will keep wondering, why am I not more loved? Why am I not more respected? Why am I not better off? Why am I not more uh, successful? Because ultimately your motive is for the advancement and the glory of you. 
And Peter says, That's, that is not our goal. Our goal as a people is to advance the glory of God. Our goal, the, the glory means this. You and I and our church and churches around the globe, our goal is to be a clear reflection of God's character. That's why they call us the body of Christ. Because we want people to look at us and not see us. We want people to look at us and see God. We want to be a mirror. We want them to, a mirror that's tilted upwards. When they look at the mirror, they see God. When they look at us, their eyes go to, to, the, to, the, to the God of the heavens. When they see us, they begin to see the beauty of God. When they see us, they begin to see the truth of God. When they see us, they begin to see the mercy of God. When they see us, they begin to see brotherly and sisterly love, and they begin to understand that God is love. When they see us, they begin to see the character of God. And when they see the character of God, they say, I want to worship that God. And then what happens is they come and be a part of the body. And now they're part of the mirror. Now they're part of the reflection. That's the whole ballgame. If you're trying to fulfill your purpose in life, and I'm going to just give you this last thing. Write this down. I will embrace my unique gifts. Right? I'm gifted. I will use them to serve others. I will rely on God's strength. And I will seek God's glory. Let this be your life statement. Let 1 Peter 4, 10, and 11 be your life verse for the next few months while you're trying to understand your purpose. Right? I will embrace the gifts. I'm going to take the baton, God. You're giving it. I'm taking it. I'm going to use them to serve others. I'm not going to be sitting waiting to be served. Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. I'm not going to be sitting here demanding somebody serve me. I'm going to be kicking up dust going, how can I serve you? Need more coffee? How are those hash browns? The bacon okay for you? Okay, good. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to serve somebody else. I'm going to rely on God's strength so I don't burn out. I'm going to say, okay, I can't do all this on my own. Lord, I'm going to trust in you. And I'm going to seek God's glory. At the end of the day, I'm going to say, you know what? I want, I want this service to reflect the, 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 the power of the God that I serve, not me. In fact, what I would like us to do as we close here, I would like us as a church community to say these four things. You can leave those up. But instead of I, let's say we. Let's say that out loud together. Let's make an affirmation right now about who we are and what we're going to do. We will embrace, say it with me, we will embrace our unique gifts. We will use them to serve others. We will rely on God's strength. We will seek God's glory. Let me just tell you, church, when we do this, we're coming out of a pandemic. People are still locked down and the world's a mess right now. I don't know if you notice this. We got, we got, you know, in our country, you look overseas, people in, in Afghan are, are it's, it's horrifying. It's heartbreaking. We have a, um, a man in our church who spent many years in Afghan and uh, Afghanistan and uh, he, he's heartbroken. And you, you just see this all around the world. The world is a broken place. The world needs healing. The world needs to be served. The world needs to be loved in this community and beyond. The world needs somebody to say, hey, we're here to serve you. 
We're going to fight for you. We're going to fight for what's right. We're going to fight against injustice. We're going to fight against oppression. We're going to fight to heal. We're going to fight to bring unity. We're going to fight to bring peace. Why? Because that's what we're called to do. We're the body of Christ. We're here to serve you. We're here to serve somebody else because we worship a God who, who gave us gifts to do this. This is our purpose. This is his plan. And when we do that as a church community, we transform the planet. I am telling you, we transform the planet. When Christians around the globe say, we're going to actually get our minds off of ourselves, move from egocentric to other centric. We're going to get away from trying to, to gain and stand on our rights. And we're going to kneel in humility before God and the people we're called to serve. And we're going to serve them. We're going to kick up dust serving them. We're going to serve them with so much zeal, so much joy, so much passion that they're going to want to get up off the table and start serving with us. That's what we're going to do. I just pray that each and every one of us today would allow God to, 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 to penetrate our heart with this shift, this mindset. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about the people God is calling us to serve, to bring honor, praise, and glory to him. Let's pray. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. You're so good. You're so good. Your word is so rich, and it is convicting, and it's challenging, and it's transformative. It's so fulfilling. I just pray, Lord God, that we would embrace this. I pray that this would not just bounce off of our ears, but it would just absorb deep into our soul. And we would begin to see ourselves as your ambassadors. We would begin to see ourselves as, 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 as the people who are proclaiming the love of God to the planet, of bringing truth and righteousness and peace and joy to not only our community, Lord, but far beyond. I pray, Lord God, that you would use us, transform us, that we might become agents of transformation, both individually and collectively around the globe. Let us be who you've called us to be. Let us serve who you've called us to serve. And let us, in all things, bring honor and praise and glory to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. I want to invite you to respond to this message today. There are a number of ways you can respond. One is, go on that QR code communicate with us let us know how we can how we can serve you how we can equip you and empower you to be an agent of transformation if you want to join one of our teams let us know if you want to uh, get baptized if you want to uh, become a member whatever you whatever you want to do let us know communicate that to us we pray over these prayer requests every week we've got a team of people that are praying so I want to invite you to pray if you want to participate in generosity and giving if you want to help us reach the planet with the, with the good news of Jesus Christ, partner with us financially. You can do that. You can do that on that QR code uh, and you can sign up to give on a recurring basis or a one-time basis, however you want to do it. Go down to the treasurer's office. Get your, get, get your unclaimed money. Get involved. Amen, somebody. Uh, we, have, we have a prayer team that is here to pray for you um, in, the, in the side auditorium. On your way out, if you need prayer, Go in there. Let somebody take you by the hand. And let them pray for you. Let them, let, 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 them, let them just, let them agree with you where two or three are gathered. He is there. Jesus is there. Let them, let them pray with you. Let them pray for you. And finally, we have an opportunity for communion in that side auditorium. If you want to take the bread and the cup and celebrate the sacrifice that Jesus made, talk about the ultimate act of service, right? Spread his arms, body broken, blood spilled. Why? You, to serve you that you might be free, not to be served, but to serve you. You can celebrate that 
uh, with him in the side auditorium with the bread and the cup taking communion I want to invite you to stand with us as we close out this service let's just before we leave let's just allow all of this this word of God to absorb into our hearts as we open our hearts our mouths and sing praises to him one last time amen